Hello, and welcome to another episode of SOLA, which is short for Solidarity, the singleness podcast. I'm Bridget G, and I have a really special guest with me today. This is a new internet friend. This is Mary B. Seyfret. Feel free to say hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> um, I'm not just like alone here in my room with pillows all around me, but I have a friend. She's sitting in New York City, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, I was telling her I've never been, which feels funny that I've never been there. So it's still a mythical land to me. And um, I'm excited to come visit someday, (laughs) but the reason Mary B is with me is because she is the, not only the host of unsuitable with Mary B Seyfert, you have to look it up like that because apparently there's another unsuitable podcast. Yeah. It'll still pop up with like, it's just for, you know, I don't want them to be like, man, we're the unsuitable podcast. If they were to ever hear this, which they won't. (laughs) Yeah. They'll never click. No. Um, and you said it's like a finance thing. Yeah. It's like a, fi- something business related, like Suits. a play on the word suit. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, yours is probably more exciting. I'll be honest in my opinion. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So that there's interviews talking about all different topics about you guessed it, singleness. So, you know, if you were ever, this is a thing, I think there's all these people out there that listen to your podcast. And then there's all these people out there that listen to mine. And they could have found both because you said it started in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. I think mine did too, which is hilarious. And I was just saying that I think it just, it takes us a while to find each other. We all thought we were doing something novel. I actually mm-hmm. don't know if I thought I was, but I kept searching like on, mm-hmm. you know, podcasts like Apple and Spotify, yeah. singleness podcast. And there was just like nothing, you know? Yeah. And so weirdly the timing I think has worked out for all these things to happen around the same time. And I think this is just me spiritually reading into it in a way, but I, I feel like it's like, so that we can have each other, you know, Mm -hmm. like the support. Um, but yeah, Mary B also wrote the single Christians church survival guide. Mm-hmm. You you should say the uh, subtitle of it. Sure. The subtitle is How to Navigate Church Culture and Conversations Without Losing Your Mind. Yes. And as you can tell with that note, I saw all the different feedback, like all, everyone's reviews of it as she released it. And they were like, this was so funny, such a good read. It's not crazy long. And so anyway, I know I've told you all about my book out there. Um it's coming out in October. Yes, you have to wait, (laughs) but you don't have to wait to read Mary B's book. So what we'll do is we're just going to talk today about her story and what made her start a podcast and write a book. Um, I think in some ways we're probably really similar and I hope in a lot of ways we're different, but we still came to similar places that we needed to offer content around this topic. And one of the things I was just getting to know Mary B a little bit, um, before we hopped on and recorded. And one of the things I really like is that you sought to not let anything you were talking about being about dating really. Mm -hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that that's like, that sells it for me. I'm like, I'm going to go listen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like uh, when I was first starting out, you know, I was doing the same thing. I was doing the research because that's what, you know, you're supposed to do and like see where the gaps are and write into the gaps and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of listening to where my frustration was, I think, as far as what was available. Um, And it was a lot like there wasn't that much, but what was out there was either by like mostly married people Mm-hmm. Or it seemed to be a lot about dating, which is fine and great. And we need to be talking about dating. Um, but I was a person, I guess I still am a person who doesn't date all that much. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just not like a huge priority for me. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm not, not really, I don't need a ton of advice, I think at this point in my life on Mm -hmm. that 
but there's like you know 90 percent of the rest of my life that like my singleness does affect yeah. um, that I would really love to hear people talk about and kind of just explore this like very weird experience of being a human person who is Christian and who happens to be single. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think it came out of a little bit of that, like, okay, if I were looking for a podcast on singleness, what kinds of things would I want to hear about? And then, you know, thinking, of course, about like, what's a listener going to want to hear and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So it really was a very exploratory thing um, for me, even in my writing and in like podcast, I started out writing um, and then started my podcast um, cool. was, yeah, this question of, um, you know, what does it mean to talk about singleness in a, a holistic whole life kind of way mm. um, that doesn't, you know, automatically kind of, uh, you know, fall back on this topic of dating um, and also doesn't approach the topic of dating as like a, a solution um, and marriage as a solution to singleness. Because I think that what I've found, and I'm sure maybe you found this too, is so many of the uh, problems that are issues or pain points that singles experience, they're really mm. just like human issues. Yeah, um, exactly. They don't, they don't go away when you get married. And I think a lot of married people, at least that I've talked to, would say, yeah, that's, that's the case. Totally true. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, there's so much in our our structures and our uh, systems and even just our mindsets, even my own mindset that kind of gears us in that direction of like, this is the path. This is the this is the way for those Mandalorian fans out there <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that I really kind of wanted to push back on and see, yeah. like, you know, um, maybe it happens for me one day, maybe it doesn't. But surely there is more to life than than that and you know what does it mean to kind of talk about singleness in a way that honors the totality of the experience which is yeah. you know very individualized it's very nuanced um there are obviously commonalities but i think that like i don't know if you've found this but i've definitely like when I interview single people or when I like just do even like little polls on my Instagram, it can be kind of all over the place as far as what kinds of content they're looking for, what kinds of things mm. they want to talk about. So trying yeah. to kind of honor that spectrum. Yeah. That's awesome. It sounds actually like married people would receive a lot from your podcast as well. Mm. Yeah. I do have like a solid number of followers who are married. I've yeah. actually gotten a lot of feedback on, on my book from like pastors and people who were married who were like, this was super helpful for me to just kind of yeah like challenge some of my own assumptions, but also like kind of point me in the direction of like, why are these things received in a particular way? So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Some of my friends who are married listen mm -hmm. because they like having these conversations too. And they tell me funny stories about hiding in closets away from their kids to listen to my podcast. <laughs> like I was listening to it in my closet the other day. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what? But you know, yeah, like th that's part of the reason why my book's called single just because is that like, mm -hmm. like si my single experience, I don't feel like it's a preparation season or mm -hmm. like, you know, what can I do now so that <laughs> my marriage is better? I, that's not wrong at all, yeah. but I'm kind of like, I'm living life just like my married friends are living life. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, like what you're saying, the 90, there's 90% of things going on out here that my singleness impacts. So I, I love mm -hmm. that. And yeah, you're speaking my language for sure. So <laughs> thanks for sharing that. I'd love to hear about your own singleness journey. Um, whatever you feel like you want to share about that, that like really feeds into where you know, you are now, if you mm -hmm. want to share your context, I think that's like something that's important for that's maybe different about podcasts is like mm -hmm. people, if they don't know us, don't really know what we look like and stuff. So <laughs> I, I make sure to mention the context I'm coming from, because that really does color how I see my singleness and even how I experience it. And so, mm -hmm. 
yeah, whatever you feel comfortable sharing about your background and your story would be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, yeah, I grew up, um, so I didn't grow up in the evangelical church. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say, um, I grew up, uh, going to kind of splitting my time between my parents' churches. My parents are married, but they go to different churches and they always have. Mine did too. When I, the first half of my childhood. Oh, that's so funny. funny. I like, I didn't even know it was a weird thing until I know, like, I think I was like in my twenties. And so I was like, oh, I assumed your parents were divorced because they don't go to the same church. I was like, that's exactly what happened to me. No, they just, they like their churches. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so anyways, so I kind of, split time between my mom's church, which is Episcopalian and my dad's church was, which is Methodist. Um, and yeah, I mean, like there's a lot about like evangelical culture, um, that I didn't really, I just didn't get, uh, I was not immersed in, I wasn't reading Christian books or watching Christian movies or TV shows or listening to Christian music, you know, um, (laughs) like in the car my mom would like listen to npr and classical music and that's like what we listened to yeah <laughs> um and then we would listen to like audiobooks on long trips but anyways so all, all that to say like i guess from inside my own home um there was a lot that was not that kind of what i hear from a lot of people who did grow up in like yes. very evangelical households I did grow up in the southeastern United States, um, which is the Bible Belt. Um, So there was kind of a lot just in the water culturally that was Mm. a little more uh, what we would think of as evangelical culture. Um, Yeah. And like also that kind of quote unquote, quote unquote, traditional, you know, like way of living life which is like get married young start popping out babies all that jazz um so like there was kind of that tension between like my parents like got married when they were older as it was they were 30. Um, but at the time (laughs) that was like considered like pretty old oh yeah um you know and didn't have me until they were 40. so you know they kind of were being like being later in life having their own kind of experiences i think um I never really felt a ton of pressure like to get married. Um, That's great. Yeah. Like, you know, plenty of other pressure, but like <laughs> marriage was not the, the, the end all be all thing. Um, I did like date someone pretty seriously, high school into college, thought we were going to get married. We did not thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that was a pretty formative experience for me. But after that, like, I think like, um, I don't know. I kind of went through this time after we broke up in college where I was, I went to therapy for the first time and was like, oh, there's a lot, there's a lot here that I would like to, you know, deal with. Um, (laughs) Plus I was like super involved in so much stuff. Like I was studying music, which was a very demanding degree time-wise. I was a young life leader, which was also like super demanding time-wise. And also like, I don't know, like living my life, having friends, doing all that stuff. So like dating was not something that was a priority for me. I was like actually Mm -hmm. pretty actively not Um, in the sense of like, I would, I would say I was probably like pretty closed off um, Mm. in a lot of ways um, that were maybe not the healthiest, but um, yeah, I think like when a lot of people were maybe experiencing that ring by spring kind of pressure experience i was very much in my own world yeah (laughs) just just not really um uh part of that so um fast forward to like when i started writing um you know in the like it's been almost a decade since i graduated college which is bonkers yeah but um you know in that time haven't really dated anyone seriously, like haven't been in a dating relationship. Um, But like, I would say that moving to New York, there was kind of a lot of upheaval. And one of the things that I was examining was kind of my relationship 
with dating and being single um, and just like all sorts of stuff. Um, it was a very, like I moved to New York not knowing anyone. I didn't have a job. I moved here to like become a singer, which is also a very <laughs> uncertain, <laughs> unstable career path. Yeah. Um, so there was just like a lot, a lot going on. And um, I think like, yeah, like one of the things was I was kind of in a place where I was like, I need to, I need to just kind of examine my relationship to being single. Mm. Um, I think before that, it was just something that I wasn't that interested in dealing with um, or thinking yeah. about. So um, I think, yeah, I'd been living here for maybe a year or so. Um, and the music thing wasn't working out. I was like having really significant issues with performance anxiety and mm. all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. Sorry about the sirens also. It's just New York City, part baby. Of, part of the gig. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, it was, yeah, I was having like a lot of issues with performance anxiety. I was back in therapy and like really working through a lot of really significant stuff. Um, and so kind of in that, creative vacuum I started writing uh just as a way to process a lot of the stuff that I was working through um mm -hmm. and ended up with a lot of content I was like oh I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> things and feelings about things that I didn't necessarily realize until I started writing them down um and kind of was uh examining yeah like literally so many different topics um that i was kind of trying to mostly having to do with my faith um mm -hmm. i would say yeah. and kind of how it kind of weaves its way into so many um like every area of life um anyway so one of the pieces that i wrote was on singleness and um i kind of had this idea that i would wanted to write a book uh, i wasn't exactly sure what it wanted to be on um but i didn't know how to do that so i kind of showed a friend some of these different pieces um and she read the one on singleness and was like this could like this one essay this one topic could be its own book yeah um and i was like yeah okay whatever um <laughs> <laughs> you know i was like eh, okay but then i got like kind of intrigued by it and kind of excited about it because you know the essay was really just about like how much dating is not a part of my life kind of and like the, my kind of awkward relationship with the topics of like dating and sex and like all of that whole like can of worms if you will <laughs> um and so i think like at, the more i kind of started thinking about it the more ideas i had about different things that i could talk about i did a little bit of research in the you know like what kinds of books on singleness are there what kinds of content are people creating around this um, and really found like, I don't know, I was really kind of looking for, I was coming from a place where marriage wasn't necessarily my baseline end all be all thing that I was working towards in my life. Mm. Um, and I don't think at that time I found a ton of stuff that was really speaking to that experience. Um, yeah. so that was kind of exciting for me, um, yeah. to kind of start digging into that. And so that was like, Hmm, that was almost four years ago. That's a little bonkers when I like really <laughs> went all in on it and was like, how do I, how do I do this? What, do, how do we talk about singleness? And it's just really been like, um, really challenging to me, like even to, to dig more into it and to really have to confront some of my own assumptions about singleness and about marriage and about like what a life of faith is, you know, supposed to look like, whatever that even means. <laughs> um, and just to like connect with, you know, more single people and hear more um, from people who had like very different experiences than I did, be it people who like grew up in super evangelical households, be it, yeah. you know, people who are uh, part of the LGBTQ community, people who are divorced widowed um you know just like hearing the the spectrum of it has been um really like yeah it's been i think really challenging for me to um kind of get 
really honest with myself because if I can't be honest with myself in the content that I'm putting out then you know how do I expect to like people to be honest with me yeah that's awesome that's so cool I have a quick question about something you said okay you said marriage wasn't like your be all end all at that point what would you describe like where you felt like you were headed as a single person like what were the things that motivated Mm -hmm. you. Um, because I think that's like important. Like some people, it's almost like they're handed like marriage as their goal. Mm -hmm. It's not like they even had time to think and identify with another one, Mm -hmm. but it almost seems like your context and your personality just was like, ah, marriage isn't really my goal, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so you, it almost seems like you had time and space to develop something else. So I'm just curious what that something else is. Yeah. I mean, I think that um, it's a really interesting thing to reflect on because I think as human beings, we're kind of a mixed bag when it comes to like motives and all sorts of stuff. And so mm-hmm. I think there's some some parts of it that are just kind of dispositional and and that kind of thing and, and even healthy. And there are parts of it that are probably like not the most healthy. So like sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say that like looking back on it, like, I don't know, I've always been a pretty ambitious person mm-hmm. or yeah, that's that's probably accurate. Um, to be a little more precise, though, I think that I've always gotten really excited about, um, I don't know, different creative endeavors. Like yeah. I've just that's been the thing that's been really exciting for me. And like marriage hasn't ever held that <laughs> level of excitement for me. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, good or bad. Um, you know, I think that like. I had a really great experience in college with, uh, you know, my undergraduate research project that I did. I had a really awesome mentor that I worked with, and it was a super fulfilling experience. Um, and, you know, since then, I feel like that got me really excited about, like, focusing on um, calling and, and direction and maybe, like, okay, mm-hmm. God, like, where do you want me to go next? Like, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to interact with? Um, and how do you want me to use kind of the tools that you've given me in this particular context so you know i think that for me like marriage hasn't necessarily been been the like it's been a thing that i'm like well maybe one day like down the line if it happens cool if it doesn't all right but like um you know i would say that i've always gotten a lot more excited when it comes to um just like fun, like cool, creative projects that I get very, like something that like sparks my curiosity, a mm-hmm. topic or, or a field or whatever, um, has been, has always just been more, more exciting to me. Yeah. Sounds like that's like what you, what you dream around and what you, you know, like your, your imagination kind of goes mm-hmm. wild around that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that in some ways, marriage could be argued as a creative uh, endeavor, you know, (laughs) but like, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I like, I identify with you on that, that like, there's all these things that excite me about Mm -hmm. what life has to offer and relationships do too, like friendship, all types of relationships do, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, even though I, yeah, I think that's the, the funny tension I hold about who, I just feel like I am innately is like mm. love, love, but I also just like love people. Yeah. But I'm super excited about like that. The work I do interacts with human flourishing, like all around. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I would mm-hmm. love marriage to be a part of my story, but in some ways I'm like, if, if so far it would have gotten the way of the, this other work I get to do, then I'm glad that I don't like haven't experienced it yet. So, you know, there's so many wonderful opportunities of things we could be doing with our time and our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like, just to kind of focus on that imagination word that you use to describe it. Um, yeah, I think that like, I'm also kind of a person and this is something that I've been kind of working through and growing in like I don't know I I think when I think about my future 
it's hard for me to picture myself with like with someone if that makes sense like I kind of just always pictured myself alone Mm. um and so like I think that's also a big part of it just to not like I don't know for anyone who's listening is like oh that's not relatable at all yeah um it's you know (laughs) there is the other side of the coin where yes I'm like dispositionally maybe geared more towards like things that excite me which happens to be like calling and and all of that kind of and using my my gifts and talents you know in a in a uh, particular endeavor um that happens to be you know creative um but there is the other side of that coin that's like well also there's an area there's some area for growth there as well that's um you know i've like had to unpack and and am yeah. working through so. yeah and it, it sounds like and I like this too about your story is that you compartmentalized this whole topic for a long time yeah and and it was like an invitation to go actually how about you dive right into it and yeah there's bravery in that and I think that um yeah I it's it's kind of neat to hear that you recognize there's these things in you that existed and you didn't know until you like said yes and said, okay, let's like, (laughs) let's process this through writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also just, I appreciate your friend who said, this is, this is good. You know? Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. We need those friends Yeah, because I think sometimes for me, it's hard to see it's hard to see outside of myself. I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah. Normal probably. Um, but Mm -hmm. you just kind of like, even for me, for some of my like hopes and dreams I've had, you know, I, um, I don't think I mentioned this to you. I, I may have mentioned on this podcast and I apologize to you, my listeners, if I've just like be any horses with about like, (laughs) (laughs) um, just what's going on in my life. But this job I have, it's like so much more me than I've could have made up, you know, like Mm -hmm. for myself. And so, but like, it definitely tells a story of the invitation of where God was leading me Mm -hmm. and how he made me like both things, um, probably in like kind of in calling, but a year ago we're in March. Yeah. A year ago, I found out about my position, which it's called spiritual formation coordinator, which like, I feel like barely describes what it is. Mm-hmm. I like to tell people I'm the director of pilgrimages for our study abroad program in university. And, um, and it's cool because we do pilgrimages for the student, our students who study abroad in, in Europe, and then like partners and staff who might want to go on these pilgrimages. And And the reason it's called spiritual formation coordinator is like, it's creating space for people to be on pilgrimage and have those contemplative experiences. All this to say, as I read the, you know, job description and it's like, yeah, you have to lead and like train people to lead trips to Spain and Italy and Ireland, the Spain ones on the Camino, which like my whole trajectory since 2019 has been like faced toward the Camino, um, de Santiago in Spain. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like people who listen to this podcast probably have, but if you're randomly on this episode, the community Santiago is a ancient Catholic pilgrimage and you, it depends which path you take, but the most typical one is the French way which is 500 miles essentially of walking. And all you do is eat, sleep, walk every day. Hmm. There's something about that, that like, I think even though it's been around forever and ever, I think that there's sort of a new fresh invitation into that simplicity, the contemplative, you know, just like people searching for what's going on in their lives. Um, And anyway, all this to say is I was like, I'm reading this and I'm thinking this couldn't even possibly be a true job. (laughs) And I told my best friend about it and she was mad at me for like kind of acting like 
it was too good to be true. Mm. Why wouldn't you apply for it? You know? And I was like, okay, fine. You know? And, um, I think it was just like the change was scary for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's true about any time we decide we're going to pivot towards something that maybe is like more suited for us than we even knew, you know, or like, mm-hmm. or like has nothing to do with what plans we had originally made, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I could tie this into singleness in a million ways, but I just think mm-hmm. that that's so much of what my singleness has been is like, when I was younger, I had this idea of what my future would look like. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't looked like that at all. And in some ways that's disappointing. And in like a lot of ways, it's so much cooler and better. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I like, like who I am more Mm -hmm. than like that picture of myself that I made up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just like, we need people around to see us and say, actually go say yes to that because I couldn't imagine anything that's more you or maybe like your friend seeing like that your truest voice came out of that essay you wrote. Like, mm. I just love that. Um, yeah. It's just cool. Yeah. I think that's something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, I went to this, um, it was like a panel discussion for female entrepreneurs. Um, I think they were all Christian. Um, but yeah, it was like a random Tuesday night in Brooklyn. And I don't know what I think I paid for it. And that's what actually got me there. Yes. yes. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have been like, I am not going to Brooklyn on a Tuesday. For those who are not familiar with New York City, I live on the Upper East Side. And it just takes like too long and too many trains generally to get to yeah. Brooklyn for me to like go on a weeknight. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so I was there and um, I don't know, someone told this story. I don't even know if it's true. Like somebody needs to fact check this. But they told this story about Stephen King and... Um, it was about how he'd gotten, I don't know, like 31 rejection letters or something for his first novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like his wife who pulled it out of the trash and would like send it out one more time. And of course, that was the time that he got his deal and the rest is history. Um, you know, like, I think that for people who are single, there can be this idea that like, because we don't have that built-in person, then we don't have, then there is nobody to do yeah. that for us, yeah. to like be the person who pulls the manuscript out of the trash and says, let's just give it one more go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that a huge part of having conversations like this is helping all of us be like, no, we do, we, we do probably have those people. We just need to like invite them into those moments and invite yeah. them into those like those processes in order for them to be able to like have the the voice um and to have our ear and to and to have Mm -hmm. the place in our lives where we believe them when they say stuff like that yep that's true yeah my my best friend she never gets like that annoyed with me or like you know like she doesn't have like these strong emotions with me and that was one Mm -hmm. moment where she was like almost mad at me (laughs) and I was like okay there's something going on here you know um Mm. and so I bring it up to her a lot because I'm like like thank you for that you know I don't know if you knew you were doing that but yeah um and it was just her being her which is cool so yeah Mm. I'm with you I think we definitely need to foster those relationships for ourselves and even be those that for other people. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like our people out there, how do we speak to them in this moment? Like, because I don't know, we're not Stephen King or anything like that, but it's like, what is that version in your life? You know, like Mm -hmm. um, maybe I think what we're talking about is just how do you say yes to the things that are uniquely yours, you know, Mm. and uniquely you. Um, because I feel like I, I think I'm like really hyper aware of all the privilege attached to the things I get to do. Mm. You know, I do like to mention, I do fundraise for my whole salary. So it's not like, it's (laughs) like, you know, a bougie life, but, (laughs) but it's like, I can't believe I have this opportunity. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine I had said no? And, uh, that would be crazy, but Mm. I, yeah, I like, I think that that's, what's cool about 
maybe our stories too, is that it's so intertwined with those people who Mm -hmm. have been there for us. Mm -hmm. And they're almost like, keep doing you. They're not saying get married. They're telling us like, what are you doing? I feel like at that, this point, sometimes it's just like my aunts or something that are saying, why aren't you married yet? (laughs) Yeah. Like, why are you so concerned? (laughs) (laughs) Like be as concerned as I am about it, which is like, you know, moderate levels on, on occasional days, (laughs) but otherwise we're fine. You know? Yeah. (laughs) We're doing great out here. Well, Mm -hmm. speaking of books, Stephen King, uh, (laughs) you decided to just bite the bullet and you self-published this, the single Mm -hmm. Christian's church survival guide. Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners about, um, kind of what they could expect in that book, because I am plugging it. Please go buy this book. Go read it. It's how many pages is it? Uh, 86. 86 pages. Like, it's not long. It, it, I mean, you can breathe. Through. I mean, it's designed for you to kind of sit with some of the stuff. But mm-hmm. if you like just read it start to finish, I mean, you could breeze through it in a couple hours, probably. Yeah. It sounds like some people did that when oh, yeah. like your <laughs> release day, they're like, I just read this. I don't yeah. I didn't even get up. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> they enjoyed it so much. So yeah, what could people expect in your book? Yeah, so um, this project um, was really fun to work on, I will say. Um, (laughs) And basically, um, it walks through 15 common kind of scenarios um, Mm -hmm. that singles might find themselves in in church, Um, probably outside of church as well. But just to keep things very niche, um, we're focusing on church. Um, so the first section is about predicament. So it's kind of this versus that, um, just like really awkward moments that we find ourselves in. The second is platitudes. So that's like the derpy things that people say to us. And then the fifth is pressure. So these are more like kind of existential questions that we might find ourselves wrestling with. Um, and the main point of the book, I will say like there is practical, it's like very practical, very like nitty gritty but the main point is to like kind of help us to kind of voice this thing of like these are objectively weird situations to be in yeah and you're not weird for feeling weird um like it doesn't like your feeling of awkwardness like there's not something wrong with you like this is just like it's a weird thing to ask someone it's a weird really like it's a weird thing to like have to have this like weird dilemma about where to sit in church right? Like totally. I didn't that, think like, about that, but that's so present. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, now that I guess people are getting back to going to church in, in person, Yeah, that's um, true. you know, like all sorts of little moments like that, that can feel like n- normalized, I guess, because they're just things that we hear all the time or experience all the time, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have like the community or the collective voice to, to just kind of say, no, this is weird. This is a weird thing. That was weird. And like, <laughs> you can't control, you know, the people around you. There's a lot that you can't control about that, but we can control our response. So like each one, right. you know, I kind of unpack the scenario and then there's three levels of response options, um, which, you know, like, I don't know if you're like me, you don't always like, depending on the context, depending on my mood, like I'm going to respond in different ways to to yeah. these kinds of things. Um, so like one is uh, like the first one is straightforward. So that's it for a high context relationship, like someone you know well, mm. or if you're just feeling kind of spicy, you know, just like <laughs> straightforward. Uh, diplomatic is lower context relationships, or if you're kind of trying to be diplomatic, yeah. Um, and then Maybe the not third burn bridges or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The third one is not worth it. So that's like, mm. you're, you're just not feeling it. It's not the right day. <laughs> or it's like someone oh. that you're never going to see again. It's like, you know what? I don't, this isn't the hill that I'm going to die on. Mm-hmm. We're just going to let this one go. So, um, I really, um, I guess like gave myself permission as well in the writing of it to like gauge the situation and really empower myself to make a choice and how I respond and not just kind of default to my usual, which would be like avoiding. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that like, and I wanted it to be really fun. So there's definitely a lot of, of humor kind of woven into it as well. Cause sometimes this topic can get a little bit heavy. Um, so I wanted to keep it a little bit light while also like being very honest, 
Mm -hmm. um, about a lot of these kinds of things. So, yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. I, I'm even just imagining people reading this because something I say about my, my book a lot is like, it's not really a self-help manual or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not, it's just descriptive. It's not prescriptive. Mm -hmm. What I like about what you're describing, because in a way I would say it's like a guide, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's that, that's what it's called, but I'm like, it is sort of feeding that thing that people want. They want advice. Yeah. (laughs) But you, you're breaking down like pretty normal social, like socialization even, or like, yeah, you know, and then what it can make way for if people take the advice or take these risks, these relational risks in those moments is like deeper relationship, Mm -hmm. trust built instead of broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And then even like space for prophetic voice within Mm -hmm. those contexts is Mm -hmm. what I can imagine would happen because I do think that some people don't think about what they sound like when they say silly things, you know? Um, like I've probably brought this up before, but I've had friends, like if I were to give a compliment to a friend's husband, um, I think, and honestly, it was still even in my own Bridget funny way where I like, I just remember this one time where I was like telling my, he's like one of my closest friends too. I was like, you kind of look like a cartoon character a little bit. And he's like, what really? And I was like a handsome one, (laughs) you know, like you are a handsome guy, like, you know, but it was just funny, but a friend walked in who's also married, but to someone else and was like, and Bridget, he's married. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I'm not allowed to say he's handsome because he's married. Yeah. I was like, you're right. I'm trying to steal all your husbands from you, which was my spicy moment. Yeah. But (laughs) I think that like, like sometimes my friends, cause I've, those are high context, you know, using your language that like, they don't know that what they're about to say is like, not okay. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. like, they, I think they think they're being funny right along with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, but what you're suggesting is, is kind of serious and, Mm. um, not comfortable. And so Mm. like, I think that's, I, yeah, there's a lot of people, if they're avoid, if they would avoid that, like maybe they don't show up to Bible study ever again, (laughs) or like, they're like, "Ah, small group was, it's not worth it. Or when does it become like church is not worth it? Mm -hmm. I think those are okay questions to ask. Like maybe some, maybe there are some congregations that might not be worth being in, but yeah, I, it's cool because we need to create space for people Mm -hmm. to stick around long enough to have these like robust relationships Mm -hmm. that should be happening at church. Mm -hmm you know, and there's so many barriers. It's not just about singleness, but singleness, I think is you're so right. Like, I don't even think, I think when I'm at church, I don't even think that I don't realize that there's this whole process of where to sit until you said Mm -hmm. that, but there totally is. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think too, like something that I've, I don't know if you've found this in your work, but like from pretty early on in my like work writing about singleness and podcasting all of that it was like really interesting to because like once I started writing about it of course I was like talking about it with all my friends and all this like it just came up all the time and it still does anytime anyone's like what do you do I'm a writer what do you write about when the singleness in the church yes of course and then there's like 80 million questions and opinions and all of that kind of thing but like you know I think that like we all bring in a lot of assumptions to these moments and to Mm -hmm. these conversations um, that can make it uh, there were times when it felt like okay we're not even speaking the same language here because like i just like i'm coming in with my own like history and ideas and like cultural stories and families like you know like my own stuff like on this topic you're coming in with your own stuff on this topic and so it can be challenging i think if we don't take the time to kind of respond a little more intentionally like we can kind of i find at least that i can kind of get stuck in my own assumptions about well they said that because you know they were trying to be mean to me or they said that because like i I don't even know um (laughs) you know like just just all sorts of 
um, even like assumptions about what married life is like, or like for married people, what the single life is like, you know, that can make it really challenging to like have a very frank, honest conversation about some of these, these different nuances and and topics and whatnot. Yeah. It's good. I'm excited to read it. Um, I, something I really liked that you did write really soon after you released it was had a a little book club, you know, did you do that over zoom? Yeah, it was over zoom. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually, it was okay. It was really cool. Like I knew it was going to be really great, but it, it was, it was small, but, um, you know, like good for that. We were really able to like engage and go deep and hear from everyone. So that was great. But, you know, it was also like international, which I did not expect at hmm. all. Like one of them was in Cape town and one was in oh, cool. Laos, like Love it. very like <laughs> global in a way that I was not expecting, but it also was able to like give, like we were able to have a conversation about some of the cultural nuances and the cultural differences and, yeah. um, um, which was really interesting to learn about as well. So I think like it's those kinds of moments, like the book is great to, to use as a group, by the way, each chapter has reflection questions that you can definitely do yourself. Um, and actually like they're more so like my thought in creating them was that you would, the reader would do the reflection questions themselves, but you know, they also make really great jumping off points for, for a group discussion. Um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's part of the reason that I wrote this was to like inspire people to talk about it more, to mm-hmm. say things when they maybe wouldn't otherwise say things Yeah. so that we can all just kind of be a little bit more open and honest with each other about this and not just kind of sit in our own assumptions. And I think that's yeah. like part of the, the value of relationship across difference. Um, and even like relationship with people who are similar to us, if we're talking about people who are single being more honest with each other. So anyways. Totally. And it sounds like a book that's good for uh, married people to read and for Mm -hmm. pastors to read. Mm -hmm. Um, You had some pastors read it and that's, I think, smart. But yeah, it's just, we don't know what we don't know, you know, until someone says something or we get to read about it. And I think in probably our adult lifetime, this, the, the age of first marriage rose like by years, it wasn't Mm -hmm. just months, which normally it would just inch up, you know, Mm -hmm. like month by month, but this time it was by years. And, um, and so like, it's become more normal for people to stay single longer, but also that is reflected in church attendance. Like Mm -hmm. there's just more single people around. Yeah. And, um, I, I sometimes jokingly called church marriage boot camp because yeah. I feel like that's we get we learn so much about it. <laughs> yeah. Um and so yeah, I I'm really excited to read it and um it's fun to be in like c- kind of like already in community with you. And mm. um yeah when you did that online book club like I just thought that's so smart. That's when I DM'd Mary B like saying I want to do that in the future if you do another one, because <laughs> I just like know my own capacity. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. Do it when I can do it, but that's fair. Yeah. But like, I love that because also just being able to read it with the author, you know, mm. and I like that. So yeah. You're well, giving- and if anyone like, um, who's listening is like, yeah. Oh, I have a little book club or a little small group. We should totally read it. Like if you, you know, do that, let me know. And I would love to like virtually join at some point for a little Q and a, see how Um, cool that is. I love, I love hearing from people. I love getting feedback, um, hearing what resonated, hearing what did not Mm -hmm. resonate. Mm -hmm. Um, it only like makes me stronger as an author and like really is, is super helpful for me. So, yeah. And just in all of this work you're doing, um, Mm -hmm. you you get to keep understanding how people are receiving it and keep moving forward. That's really cool. Okay. I have one random question. That's like, kind of, I want your opinion on something and this is just going to be fun for, um, the audience. Do you have time? Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, (laughs) we didn't, we didn't talk about that before, but 
So, you know, publishing a book in this day and age, even before the pandemic was like, you know, the author is the main marketer, which I think is why so many people keep choosing self-publishing because you're like, well, I have to put in work anyway. (laughs) Doing the work Um, anyways, might as well more royalties. Yeah. Yes, totally. And I think um, a big part of the reason I went with IVP is I'm on a diversity stuff and there's like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to do it, but um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I'm still going to be putting in the same work as I would mm-hmm. if I self-published. I'm kind of, you probably actually know a ton now that you wouldn't have known otherwise about how mm-hmm. everything works. So I am offloading a lot of work onto IVP, which is great. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to attempt possibly. And so this is also for the benefit of any of our listeners. I'm going to attempt a book tour and I, I my question and like, I wanted your opinion as someone who like, I feel like you're similar to me in so many ways, but I also feel like, um, yeah, with dating, you can take it or leave it, you know, and maybe that'll change sometime in your future. But Mm -hmm. I was, I've been asking my friends this question, would it be counterintuitive if I had a book, you know, uh, reading, signing, like, you know, a book tour, but like the first half was normal. Anyone come, I imagine this at like a brewery or something. So not a bookstore, Mm -hmm. not at a church, but I'm like, yeah, where do single people actually want to hang out? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then the other half optional speed dating, because it's like, you're in a room with a bunch of single people. Mm -hmm. I thought, is this very Bridget or is this counterintuitive? Because my book's called single just because like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's kind of about, I'm not actually trying to make sure that people get married. Mm -hmm. Um, or even just like, you know, survive their singleness, but to like thrive in their lives. And Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of, we haven't, you know, pulled the trigger on anything like making details for the events, but I love the idea. And this is just speaks to my romantic nature of, um, traveling the nation, speed dating with a bunch of eligible people and Mm -hmm. (laughs) finding a spouse because, I decided I need to go on book tour. So maybe this is just a never going to happen thing, or maybe I'm going to try it. But what do you think? Is it counterintuitive or funny? Um, (laughs) I think that, I mean, my only question would be like, um, how do I want to phrase it? Like, like ratio wise, you know, would you be concerned that there would be logistics? more yeah so my questions are mostly practical (laughs) I know well no that's sort of what I've been thinking about too is like how do you get dudes to the thing yeah so I mean I think that like I think that something that I've seen done I didn't participate but it's more of a like friend speed dating thing Mm -hmm. um so okay then it doesn't have to be like you know romantic or whatever and then if like you know, a guy and a, you know, if two people who would be attracted to each other happen to strike yes. a conversation. Yes, and the host can say this. They can say, yeah. we're friends speed dating, but if love happens here tonight. It happens, yeah. Great, yeah. you know. And either way, you know, you meet new cool people. And I mean, I think that's the point of speed dating anyways, but couching it's it true. more in terms of friendship, maybe. Um, yeah, Take some of the great. pressure off of you or whoever is coordinating this to be like, are there going to be enough like dudes who show up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I think there are ways around that, but at the same time, yeah. Like I'm thinking about like incentivizing enough guys to show up partially because also, you know, I, I recognize that like women probably lean into this topic more than men do. And that's Mm -hmm. like probably a topic for another whole other episode of a podcast, you know, (laughs) but I think that it's still all of this content is good for guys too. And I always, yeah, I always tell people, all of my listeners, like email me if you just want to chat like about what I talked about in an episode or just because I, I always say with solidarity, um, when you're alone, you're not alone. That's what you need to know. Like, Mm -hmm. and if my podcast helps you feel like you're not alone, then I've done at least the basic part of why Mm -hmm. I came here. Um, and so I've had actually a couple of guys email me and they're like, thanks for doing this. It like, it is for guys too. And Mm -hmm. um, I asked them a little bit about their context and 
I, I always ask them, what did you search when you found my podcast? Yes. I asked yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. So for the guys out there that listen to our podcast, we are so glad you're in the room virtually even. And yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's good. So it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound counterintuitive to you. No. Yeah. Um, no, but I think like that, you know, that's just my, yeah, my very practical logistical yeah. side of my brain. I, what I don't want is it to have the same tone as, um, we have a young adults ministry at our church mm-hmm. and it's just all the single people, you know, like, yeah. like, or it's like a singles ministry in a way. Yeah. I don't want it to have that tone of like, well, because there's a bunch of single people in the room let's pair off, you know? Yeah. And I think that I can frame it well, but, yeah. um, because I think, yeah, the, you need this like quality of like, Hey, we're in the room might as well. Like yeah. you guys all live here. <laughs> and then the, like, um, the, like, but we're also here to talk about this important thing, you know, and to mm-hmm. kind of come together. But I really do like your, that, I mean, I'm not saying it's your idea, but like the, that idea of a friend. <laughs> An idea that I stole from somebody. Yeah. It's, it's your Creative idea. Borrowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, sure they want other people to do that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't come up with it either. Um, yeah. But I mean, that also opens it up to like somebody who wants to come and support you who is married or is already dating someone, you know, this would That's still true. be a way for them to be involved and also kind of um, say, Hey, you're welcome here too. We're not going to make this weird for anyone. This is just yeah, about you're so like, right. meeting new people. Yeah. I love that. All right. Great. Well, we'll do one in New York city. Hey, <laughs> I'm like, that's when I'll come <laughs> for the first time ever <laughs> to New York city. There you go. Oh, that's you awesome. Go. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to, chat with me about this topic that matters a lot to us. And, mm-hmm. um, I was wondering where can people find you online so that they can connect and buy your book? Yeah. Um, so social media wise, I primarily hang out on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that is Mary B dot The dot is important. Um, <laughs> without the dot is my personal account, which I haven't posted on since new year's Eve, 2019. So okay. please don't follow that account. <laughs> it's also private. So okay. anyways, uh, Mary B dot on Instagram. Um, my website is Mary So easy peasy there. Uh, podcast is available wherever you get podcasts. And uh, my book, the single Christians church survival guide is available on Amazon um, exclusively. There's a Great. print version. There's an ebook version. It's also on Kindle unlimited. So if you have Kindle unlimited, you can read it for free. That's awesome. And your podcast is unsuitable with Mary B. Saferit mm-hmm. so that you don't listen to a financial podcast. <laughs> It'll be pretty obvious. Um, the thumbnail is me. Well, I guess I'm kind of blurred out, but it's like it looks kind of like I'm flipping off the camera, but it's my ring finger. Um, so it's Great. very. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll get your attention. Probably. You'll know. If you You'll type know. in unsuitable, then like one of the options will be unsuitable with Mary B. Saferit great so that's awesome well thanks so much and just as a reminder for those of you out there if you want to email me you can at solidaritypodcast at gmail.com my instagram is at solidarity podcast or you can find me at, at the bridget g it's not on private <laughs> and but you're not gonna get influencer content you're gonna <laughs> see the memes i like and <laughs> probably hear about my day like if you follow me on Instagram, it's like, you're my friend already. And that's probably going to stay consistent forever and ever. Um, we'll see how I do with that, (laughs) with tons of new strangers that I hope come, come around in this next year or so. Hmm. Um, yeah, we can be friends. We'll see how it goes, but feel free to reach out to either of us. We love having these conversations. And I think it sounds like a relationship is a high value for both of Mm -hmm. us. And so I think that, um, I think that's, what's cool about maybe entering into this community is that you really do get to have access to great minds and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, probably some really fun stories about the awkwardness of being single within Mm -hmm. the church community and otherwise let's be honest. Mm -hmm. All right. 
talk to you next time, everyone.